Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, let's be the church. I'm so excited. Tonight is Systematic Supernatural Studies, Supernatural Systematic Studies, rather. And I just want S3, praise God, Urban Glory Campaigns, S3. Um, Let everybody know that we're on Tuesday nights at... um, 9.30 9.30 uh, to about 10.30, and then we, we rebroadcast it at 10 o'clock. So make sure you spread the word, download this teaching, get this teaching. It's going to bless you. Tonight I'm going to indulge into a new series that is um that's, that's going to really shape, and you're going to hear this teaching again in another format, but I trust the Holy Spirit to really help us. Uh, tonight, get this out to the body of Christ because I just believe God is going to empower us to perform in the next level of living. Now, I want to give a special appeal out. We open up the Urban Glory Ministry Coalition. We're going to have our first orientation on the 27th of May 2019. We want you to be a part of it. If you believe that you're called to the ministry, if you're already active in ministry, if you're seasoned in ministry, we have a coalition uniting for the cause of Christ. Real people, real ministry, real results. We want you in it. We're going to have our orientation on the 27th, and I'll give the dates on the inductions and how you can be a part. I want you to join me on that special call, and I'm definitely going to do... um, for our charter orientation, we're going to do it in two forms. We're going to do it on a Facebook Live. And we're also going to do it in a. Um, we're also going to do it on the on a special broadcast. Um, so that way you can get an opportunity to interact with me one on one, ask the questions that you need to be a part of the organization. And I'm just excited about it. I'm so excited. And we're going to invite people. We're going to ask everybody, each one, reach one. And we're going to believe God that our first 50 members are going to sign up and register by the induction classes. Amen. Well, I wanted to put that plug out there. Tonight we're going to get into the Word of God. I'm going to give a commentary on the book of Philemon. It's coming from a series that we uh, wrote as a book called Communicating Faith. And one of it is the conflict resolution portion of it, but I'm going to indulge in it from a ministry perspective. And I've entitled this lesson, Think Like a Christian. Think Like a Christian. When the Lord gave me this, uh, I was really amused at um, how he put this together. But I believe that this uh, outline will help you um, understand the Lord Jesus and his compassion a little more. But then I also believe that in our discussion, we'll be able to uh, review some, some just some basic things that we should be as Christians. Think like a Christian. All right, let's let's not delay. Let's get into the Word of God. Father, we praise you and thank you for your Word, because we know that the potential of your Word in our lives being heard will transform us. It will empower us on the inside out. Amen. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you as educator and guide to continue to educate us in your presence and enhance our perspective that we would hear what you have to say to the church. And, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and everything that shall be revealed, you be glorified. 
For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen and amen again. Our study comes from the book of Philemon. I was provoked by the Holy Spirit in this book by one verse. And this verse has been uh, almost a theme in my ministry that the communication of thy faith may be may, may be effectual by the every good thing which is in you. Do you know we possess in our mortal bodies the excellency of Christ, that we house within us the Holy Spirit. Our spirit, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And because we house such great potency and power and potential and personality, we must realize and resort to reflecting the image that we carry within. We must resolve within our hearts to live by faith and not by sight, but also function. And, you know, I love the, the scripture, how it says, till Christ be formed in us, that we got to come to a place in our walk, in our witness, in our way that we are one with God, that we walk like he walks, that we talk like he talks, that we live like he lives, that we say what he said, but we do also, or we, we do or perform what he's done. And Jesus finished his work, but he also functioned in characteristics that cannot be denied. It's Christ within us, which is the hope of glory, and we must resolve to think like a Christian. When the Lord was provoking my heart to study on transformative, uh, that this is the year of triumph, that one of the ways we would exemplify our triumph is through a great transformation that there would be a transformation in our life, but there would also be a transformation in our thinking, that our perception would be perfected in the knowledge and the excellency of Christ, which is our spiritual understanding. The natural man knoweth not the things of God, neither can the natural man receiveth not the things of God, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And, and, and what that is saying is that we 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 house within us the ability, the capability to think like God. And if we no longer conform to the ways of the world, but are renewed in our mind, we can awaken to the light that comes from his love and be propelled to greater, greater advantages through our perspective. You know, Hebrew wrote it, writer wrote it like this in his legal case to affirm Christ's superiority over the law, Christ's superiority over the traditions of Judaism. He said, I will, in, in, in chapter 8, and he reflects it also in chapter 10, but I will write the laws on their hearts, and they will be unto me a people, and I will be unto their uh, them a God, and no one will no longer say, who knows the ways of God, because I have in, indwelled myself with it. I have encased within their their bodies, their flesh, the ability to connect with me, the, the ability to perceive things like I perceive it, the, the ability to grasp the concepts which I have, I, I have for their advantage. I love them. And whom God, he, who he loves, he does not withhold any good thing, the scripture says. And one of the things that God gives us is the advantage of having superior thinking. 
Let this mind be in you, which was also in what? In Christ. And, of course, you can go through the five attributes and abstract uh, wisdom and insight from the mind of Christ, and it will afford you uh, an advantage uh, an advantage to uh, attain godliness by faith. But let me also admonish you that you reflect on the lifestyle of Christ as well, because in Christ, we are new creatures. All things are passed away. We don't really have the right to override his personality with ours. We relinquish our rights with making him Lord. And if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And so we must adapt and accept and admonish ourselves and admire his personality over our personality. One of the greatest scriptures that we can ever use is one chapter, and it's one book all in itself. It's a letter written to the church as an example coined from the authorship of the Apostle Paul to the pastor Philemon. Philemon was a uh, developed a church in his house, and he was a worthy man, but he had slaves, and he had a conflict with one of his slaves named Onimus, the book of Philemon. I don't have time to take you through it, but you can read it through there. And in the scripture, we learn several things in this book. Number one, we learn that that Conflicts are addressed, both clashes between Christianity, culture, and interpersonal conflicts amongst the spiritual family. They are addressed. They're not swiped under the rug. They are addressed. And this letter uh, appeals to Christ as a solution for conflicts. And this is expected among the rise of the body of Christ when we reflect on the love of Christ. This letter also appeals to the church through a personal request from apostolic or heritage and authority. And this letter also is an apostolic charge to restore relationships through acts of obedience. Two simple acts of obedience. All right, so I'm, I'm giving you then simply this letter will will cause you to appreciate the power and the effect of God's love because it's what it's the love of God. It's, the Bible says that the love of Christ passive knowledge. You know, and that's why it says to be filled with the fullness of God, and the fullness of God is His love. God is love. Hallelujah. So if you're going to be forward with God, you're going to reflect on the nature and the authority of his love. And it is, it is reviewing what it means to be the church that empowers us to think as the church. 
And the church is simply a body of believers. And what do we believe? We believe the Lord Jesus is the cure-all, that he is the catalyst of change, that he is the courage that causes us to resist the corruption that is in the world through its lust. And we rely on the Lord through his lordship and his love to show us the way that we should live, to show us the way that we should go, to show us the way that we should know. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, bless his name. Glory to God. In the highest. Hallelujah. Now, let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Five dynamics awaken when we realize that we are the church. One, the, the purpose, goal, and objective is found in our statement that we use. And often you will hear me when I do teachings like this systematically give you a statement that gives a definition for the for for the subject at hand. And this is thinking like a Christian or thinking like the church or as the church. How the church is comprised. We are the people of God. The church is the people of God, empowered by the Spirit of God to reveal the and advance the kingdom of God through Christ. For the people of God to live by the Spirit of God, to reveal the advantage and the dynamics of the kingdom of God through Christ. We are the people of God that possess the Spirit of God to advance the kingdom of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Did y'all get my point? So this is why we think like a Christian. And there are five ways that these dynamics are discovered. One is when we discover the, the what it means to be gospel-focused. And the gospel is the good news of Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We're gospel focused. Number two, we are godly as leaders. We serve as the example. We serve as the example. That's what leadership means, to serve as the example. Godly leadership re- reflects our service as the example. Did y'all get what I'm saying? And then uh, uh, it is it is a, also realized as, as a dynamic of generosity in community, meaning we give as each man has purpose in his heart. So so let him give, not grudgingly or the compulsion for God love is a cheerful giver, and God is able. To make all grace abound to you, so in all sufficiency and all things you may abound in every good work. Hallelujah. And then also uh, to grow disciples or self-disciplined leaders uh, uh, through generations. Do you get what I'm saying? And then to be grounded in prayer. These dynamics help us identify who we are. We are the church. And when this is not conceived in our hearts, then we can't deal with the issues as which the Apostle Paul commanded Philemon to comply to. Apostle Paul also could write this letter in confidence to Philemon because Philemon was committed to the authority which Paul possessed to lead the church. Uh, throughout the letters of the scriptures in the New Testament, you know it was it was Paul's conversion and 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 Paul's 
uh, acclaimed power as a Pharisee and then converted as a Pharisee through uh, through Damascus Road that, that brought about a broad reputation being thrown out uh, in culture, in Christian culture and context. So much so that when uh, Peter was inquired as to how to receive Paul, he would say even the things which which he say that we learn with him in Antioch were hard to comprehend and understand. Paul's uh, a Damascus Road experience and union through authentic conversion promoted him to apostleship which was not bestowed upon anyone who was not an eyewitness of Jesus. But because he persecuted the church and was so good at his persecution, Jesus, after the ascension and after appearing 40 days and after Pentecost and after the acts of the, of the Holy Spirit were awakened in the book of Acts, he reveals himself to Paul so that Paul can be converted and minister and fulfill the complete work of the, or the complete authority of the finished work, which was that God would be both God over Jew and Gentile, that there would be neither male nor female, that there would be no bond nor free, but we would all be one in our oneness and our unity in the faith and our unity through the Spirit would command the catalyst of love to translate us into a people called the church. It would be one message, and that message would be coined as Christ. And so you have a group of people that after the ascension of Christ have committed themselves to death to exemplify his nature, to exemplify his standards, to exemplify the potency of his power, to, to exemplify his compassion, and to exemplify his love. This was the church when they went from house to house, village to village, country to country, nation to nation. Hallelujah. These people would awaken in not only their consciousness a committed heart to obey, but they would connect to each other with, without controversy and without conflict through the power of love to awaken to reconciliation and to awaken to restoration of our salvation, to restoration of our identity in Christ, our hope of glory. Hallelujah. And so it is these descriptions, these dynamics as being gospel-focused, godly leaders, generous communities, growing, uh, growing disciples, and grounded in prayer that sets us apart from the world. Come out from among them and be separate, and touch not the unclean things, the Scripture says. And so when the church becomes a power center, a pillar of truth, a place of prayer, a people of unity, and they have passion to serve the present age, we will see the nature of Christ translate what we know as existence to eternal victory, eternal triumph. It's communicating faith because we think like Christians. We think like Christians. We believe. We accept the finished work of the Lord Jesus 
as the means to motivate us to function in the here and now. We accept his standards, his stipulations, his stresses of impact through the gospel of compassion, his teachings on the cross, his teachings as parables, his teachings, his way, his truth, and his life through his light. And we shed that word in our hearts that we might not come short. And it's the same catalyst. It's the same effectual and and motivating forces that empower us to go forward, that empowers us to function, and empowers us to move. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, Acts 2. 42 through 47, Ephesians 2, 14 through 24, Colossians 1, 7 through 20, 1 Corinthians 12, 6 through 18, Ephesians 4, 4 through 8, and 11 through 16 gives us how these dynamics come to life through power, truth, pillars of truth, priorities in prayer, people of unity, and passion to serve enemies to our identity are when we have canality and conformity to the customs of worldly cultures. When we have conflicting theologies and communication gaps through leaderships. When we have congregations that are not generation, generous or generational. This is when that 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 gap takes place. Do you get what I'm saying? When they're short-sighted on what should be prioritized, we have challenges. So, so how do we think like a Christian? There are three considerations that we must consider, and this is where the Lord really opened my understanding. Number one was to consider the cost of his command. <laughs> you know, in the Old Testament, we see the value of one revelation <laughs> from God that creates the Torah, the Decalogue, or the ten revelations given to Moses, scribed on the Tablets of stone by God, which shaped the concept of law and politics and governments and institutions and educations and associations and affirmations. Do you hear me? It is that one revelation that would cause uh, you to ex- uh, to see the degradation in generational. Curses and corruption. It would be that one revelation that would show you the the counterfeits of the kingdoms that would corrupt uh, the continuum of time. And it would also be the that same one revelation that would point to the confirmation of the need of a Messiah to correct what was corrupted through captivity of a people that were called by God. It is the cost of his commands that that are weighed by the, by the fulfillment of that revelation. 
And so we see in dispensations or moments in time that the cost of Christ's commands was the fulfillment of that law through his life, his death, and his resurrection. Listen. Uh, locating the courage to obey like Jesus obeyed. Remember I said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ. Locating that type of courage as a catalyst to change your life means that you got to consider why he did what he did so that the scriptures, the scripture says, might be fulfilled. Remember when John the Baptist was trying to be baptized by Jesus and he said, you should be baptized in me. He said, John, do it for scripture. His obedience, his, his, his locating the courage to obey shows us his, his willingness to obey even to death promoted him. This was, this was the cost of his commands because his commands didn't come. His position to command did not come without, without him locating the courage to obey. And your influence and your ability to command people as a leader and to think like a Christian and to reflect as, as the, the image of Christ will come when you locate the power of obedience, obeying what God has told you to do, obeying how God has told you to do it. But not only that, you look at his. Ability to pass over offenses. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, <laughs> for they know not what they do. You want to know why Jesus was promoted? Because he considered the cost. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame. Why? Because he was able to look past offenses in life. In leadership, in legacy, in loyalty, you're going to have to pass the test of overcoming offenses. And the church said, Amen. And so this, this the, the consideration of seeing like a Christian is considering the cost of his commands, certainly it would be locating his, his ability to change for the time's sake. Locating his ability to change. Jesus didn't have no problem changing. This is the thing when the time, uh, often I loved it when he would address the Pharisees or come up with something, you know, like one time the disciples started eating um, after Passover and they didn't necessarily go immediately to wash their hands because they were hungry. He said that the Sabbath wasn't made, man wasn't made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath for the man. In other words, don't make your customs so uh, so um, so mandatory that they can't change for the time. They were made for you in the first place, not to, to help you to maintain the structure, but it wasn't to make you who you were. Locating the 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 the, 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 the uh, creativity of change is is what's going to show you the cost of his command. He he located courage to obey. Uh, um, he he was able to look past offenses. And he was able to locate creativity of change. This is what made him. And this is what's going to make our thinking. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ. Think like a Christian. Secondly, the compliance to conform to his love that is effectual. 
Now listen, what I'm doing is uh, taking the theology that is that is in the context of of the book of Philemon. Philemon was uh, was a letter written from Paul to Philemon about his conflict with Onimus, who was a slave. And Paul said, "Listen, there was a beautiful statement made about Philemon that the that the communicating of thy faith might be made effectual to every good thing that's within you. And because of the love that we we have joy because of the love that you exhibit. Now what we want to do is challenge you. Now I know that you had a defense with Onimus in times past, but this time receive him in my place as if I am coming. I have um and when he ran away from you and he didn't do because he wasn't profitable to you he became profitable to me. He got converted. He got cleaned up. Now I'm sending him back to you as as me. And this time when you get him, don't receive him as a slave. Put him in the proper position as a brother, as someone as as someone coming from me. And because of your love for for me and because of your obedience to me, I trust that this will be done whether I'm there or not. See to it that it's done. That's what Paul is writing in the book of Philemon. The communication of our faith being effectual. You know your faith will never be effectual until you function in the command and the compliance of God's love. When you learn to locate the cost of God's of his commands and then you become compliant to conform to his love through um that is effectual. See, love is the mean God exemplifies his nature towards humanity. Love must be the motive to thrive in living um, living authentically for God. And love is the method of creating your motives. Because motive is everything to God. Man looketh on the outward appearance. God looketh on the heart as a man thinketh in his heart. So is he. Do you hear what I'm saying? And thirdly, and finally, I told you I was going to hit you and run. When we look unto Jesus, and he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is what causes us to reflect on the cost of his commands, these considerations of his compliance to conform to love, also challenges us to reflect what it really means to be his church. And so the theology of the church and the theology is, can be found in Luke 4.18. It is also the core of the gospel to which Jesus was sent and he committed himself to. If you ever want to understand the aspects of the theology of the church, look at what he did. The spirit of the Lord was upon him because he anointed him to do three things. He anointed five things. Number one, he anointed him to preach or to reveal the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He sent him to heal. He sent him as healing. God sent Jesus as healing. He sent him as gospel. He sent him as healing. Good news, health, wholeness, completing people. He also sent him to preach deliverance, freedom from oppression. And this is why God cannot have any slaves. In order for you to serve in the Lord's church, you got to rid people of offenses and oppression. <laughs> preach deliverance. Why? It is the theology of the church. It's who we are as the church. That's the challenge. We got to preach because we are anointed. We got to be sent because we we possess healing. We have wholeness. 
within us. And then we're also to preach deliverance and also recovery of sight to the blind. In other words, to open our understandings that we might see and behold. The only thing that to do that is the revelation of truth, the revelation of the spirit of truth, whom the Holy Spirit has sent into our hearts, and then also to set at liberty. Because God doesn't need his people bound. He needs a free people to reflect him and to reflect his image and his likeness. We are created in the image and the likeness of God, and God has called us for such a time as this. But we must think like Christians and not conform to the ways of the world and be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Did you get the lesson today? I just believe God to be God and his word to not go void of power. Amen. When I was delighted earlier this year to study and write this, this first part, there's another part to this lesson that I'm going to get into at another time and a later date that deals with the power of reconciliation as a ministry. And so what I'm letting you know is that you cannot have a triumphant life without transformational thinking. Transformational thinking will come when you think like Christ, because when you think like him, you'll act like him. The problem with the body of Christ today, the challenge is that we don't have people reflecting the image that they carry within because they don't know who they are. They sing songs like, there is none like you. Who is like the Lord? There is no one. And God is saying, you are created in my image and my likeness. And until you adapt and conform to this this thinking, you will never exemplify godliness. And you will never gain this this, uh, awakening and awareness that causes you to triumph in Christ. He always causes us to triumph. But we must think like Christians. And that is the word of the Lord. God bless you. And I pray that you have a wonderful night.